Greetings, and welcome to Radical Being with River Fair. I've said a couple of times since starting this new podcast that one of my motivations for launching the show is to give more people tools for shifting the dominant paradigm. Because most people are stuck, often on a lot of different levels and in ways they don't easily recognize. Today's show, we're definitely shifting the paradigm. And I like to do that simply by offering possibility. The possibility of dot, 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 life being different, a different reality. What if dot, 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 what if the role of challenges is to propel your personal evolution or put a different way? What if the role of suffering is to drive your awakening? Here's another, what if something to consider? What if everything ultimately is in your favor for eventual benefit and awakening? And what if there's no reason to believe anything you think? Ready to shift the paradigm? Let's dive in. Welcome to Radical Being. I'm your host, River Fair, and I'm delighted to be back in front of the microphone with this new show. I shared in the premiere episode that I had a podcast years ago, the River Speak podcast. And I wanted to start this new show to give more people tools for shifting the dominant paradigm because most people are stuck. This show is really the culmination of 30 years of assisting people with personal transformation as a healer, as a body-centered therapist, as an intuitive, quote, unquote, counselor, guide, mentor. And I have an eight-week signature holistic coaching program, Radical Being, Vibrant Wellness. And in that, I help people shift the dominant paradigm, the consensus reality. Also, we tossed out the possibility last episode, what if you could rewrite your entire reality? What if you could get free? Essentially, evolve. And so this podcast is a nod to that, helping people get free tools for shifting that paradigm, the consensus reality, or golden keys. I talk a lot about keys with coaching program. And here, here's a key. Here's another key. Because <laughs> we're all keeping ourselves stuck in clever ways. Even people who think that they're not stuck find our way to that some point in this episode. But let's talk about some paradigm shifting. Paradigm buster is what my Instagram profile says. Paradigm buster mentor, award-winning author. 
The Buddhists say that life is suffering. And in that, they don't necessarily mean life's a bitch and then you die. Although for some people that that may seem like the journey. The suffering of life in that Buddhist, or we could just say a wider spiritual view, is really our attachments. Our attachments, we could use some other words in there as well, our projections, our expectation, our resistance, our belief system, essentially, causes our suffering. That is the root of it, my friends, and we will be exploring that throughout the rest of this episode. I also mentioned in that premiere episode, just as a possibility, I'm fond of the what if questions. Just consider this as a possibility. Consider this different paradigm. What if the reason you're here in this life is to evolve from that adolescent social identity provisional you, version one, into something much more authentic, evolved, aware, radiant, luminous. And it's definitely an evolutionary process, just like the caterpillar who must melt down into the sticky matrix of goo before becoming the butterfly that's coated within it. But if we just consider that life is an evolutionary process, willingly or not, it, it goes much better if you say yes to it rather than resisting the whole journey. I'm, I'm just here to say resistance just makes it all worse, but that's its own teacher. And we're going to explore that too. I have long said with clients and certainly my own learning on the journey that the role of challenges whether that's our personal challenges or seemingly external, the role of challenges is to propel our evolution. That might be a paradigm shift right there. The role of challenges is to propel our evolution. Few of us enjoy challenges when we're going through a difficult passage. Why, why does it have to be this way? Boy, I'm doing this again. Boy, here, you know, poor me, poor me. This is not fun. And yet, many of us can recognize that challenges are often our greatest teacher. And that's sort of hand in hand with challenges propel our evolution. I say more recently, sort of slightly different languaging around that, that life will continually show us where we're not free bring us the people, the situations, the relationships, whatever that is to show us we're not free here. That might look like, wow, I'm in this new role or this new job, but boy, here I am in the exact same, same you know, different people, different place, same thing, you know, or a new relationship. And boy, it's the same thing. This person who I thought was going to be different, or maybe it's about some level of health or wow, now I have another health challenge or some level of you know, financial scarcity or not being able to create a sense of abundance or just general well-being in life. Life is showing us where we're not free. Here's a challenge, essentially, to help us evolve, to show us where we're not switched on in a way. 
the I could say two things more about that, maybe showing us where we're not free. On one hand, you could have a perspective that the circumstances in life, well, I'm not free because of this circumstance. I can't say just up and move to Southern California. You know, there's a partner and a mother-in-law and work and finances or whatever the seeming reasons are why I'm actually not free. And here's the seeming evidence why. I have also long advocated, again, from my own journey, that everything really is a choice, even when it doesn't feel that way. If simply it's the choice of our perception. And we'll definitely come back to that or find our way to that a little later in the show. Everything is a choice, if only in our perception. Maybe we can't yet alter the seemingly external circumstances. And what if there's a mysterious process playing out there? Because we have a very limited perspective overall. <laughs> this small sphere of influence, pretty small sphere of influence. But, and I do think it's fair to say often in life, we are restrained simply by that mysterious process. You know, a river flowing to the sea can only move at the speed it's meant to. Can't go faster or go slower. There is a you know, by all sorts of things, gravity and other factors acting upon that currents and who knows what else guiding that through its process or a fruit tree can't suddenly put forth fruit. There's a rooting process and a growing process for the trunk and branches and blossoms have to appear and be pollinated and fruit. And very often in our life, sort of uh, again, speaking entirely for myself, like uh, I just, you know, want to get to the fruit. Why can't we just, you know, be at the be at the fruit stage? There's this whole process that has to happen first with all these other factors, myriad variables that we're largely unaware of. A mentor of mine years ago used to talk about sacred gestation. There is this 9 month in the case of a, you know, a human newborn that has to happen first. Very important things are taking place here. So in our life, you know, why isn't this happening now or yesterday? And yet we're unable to ascertain the myriad other factors that are playing out. I once had a really powerful dream and I was in the, on the runway in this sort of Uber fighter jet. And I was just ready to take, I'm ready, I'm ready. I got this. I can fly this machine. I can, let's go. Why, you know, give me the green light, clear me for takeoff. And this other sort of cosmic, divine, feminine voice sort of admonished me, you must wait. There are other planes coming into land. And I awoke from that dream really like, okay, got the message. And it was during a time in my life when I was really wanting things to open for me. And so I just share that as an example of there's a much bigger picture and what I would consider a mysterious process playing out. And we'll come back to that too as a, or find our way to that as another potential paradigm shift. That actually, that in itself might be a paradigm shift. What if there's a much larger mysterious process playing out here and you're right where you're meant to be? 
even though you feel limited and or restrained. So I picked up that thread in the ways of life showing us continually where we're not free, as in external situations. But mostly, I think, life showing us where we're not free, that is happening in the mind, our belief system, our resistance, our really our beliefs and thoughts. I use the term belief matrix, which I won't say much about in this show, but we'll There'll definitely be an episode on that in the future, the belief matrix. And that that is essentially what's creating our suffering in any moment. Back to the Buddhists and life is suffering and our attachments. Yes, it's our belief, our resistance. It shouldn't be this way. Those people shouldn't be this way. If only they would do it our way or those people are, whatever, jeopardizing our way of life us versus them, or, you know, that person or my partner, or just today should not be happening this way. It should be. And all of that is our attachment, our belief, our expectations. And we are creating the suffering, not those people, not the day, not actually the partner or boss or child, or (laughs) I had a a medicine teacher early on, and he used to say, blessed are the sacred button pushers. (laughs) Right? Here's to that, Tomas. Yes, blessed are the sacred button pushers. It's us creating the suffering, not that person. Uh, Just another example just popped into my head. About a year ago, I worked with a woman in a session, and she was kind of working her way through her frustration over marriage and husband and a a really challenging situation in her life with something else. And at a certain moment, the light went on or the clouds parted and she paused, got really reflective. And she said, he's not the problem. I'm the problem. None of this, nothing in my life is the problem. I'm the problem because I want it to be differently. That is a revelatory moment, a revelation insight. I would say, it sounds harsh to say, well, yeah, you are the problem, not just her, but all of us. Yeah, I'm the problem. You're the problem. It's perhaps a little more delicate, user-friendly to say, yes, well, our perception is the problem. It's not really a problem at all. It's a challenge that's driving us, inviting us to our personal evolution here. This challenge, really, my expectations about how life should be (laughs) at this time, creating this suffering, and arguably it's not even the situation itself. That's just the catalyst for essentially a moment of awakening. My belief matrix. That's obviously not a word most of us are using, but I am creating my suffering or different languaging. That is the languaging I use now, rather than the role of our challenges is to propel our evolution. What I say most of the time with clients is the role of our suffering is to drive our awakening. Sort of the same thing. It's just different languaging, but somehow that strikes people sometimes. My suffering is to drive my awakening. Now, there's definitely, that right there could be another paradigm shift. The role of your suffering 
is to drive your awakening. There's definitely an awareness factor here. Most people, yeah, it's going to go down a slightly different path there around awareness, but I'll, I'll stay on this track. In most people's awareness, the challenges of life, nobody really enjoys challenging passages. This, even if we can recognize, okay, this is, you know, if it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger, or uh, there's something in here I need to learn. But the sort of average mindset, the, ma the majority mindset often in our challenges is more typically aligned with a slightly victim mode. Or me, you know, here this thing is that's happening again. It, you know, whatever. I never seem to get what I want, or this, you know, proves that I'm what whatever, broken, useless, unlovable. Why can't I create, et cetera, et cetera? Health, abundance, always stuck. And there's a victim quality to that. Here's the sidetrack that I was maybe going to go down earlier that I am going to go down after all. There are numerous models for awareness and or consciousness. To me, those are slightly different things, but I won't get into the semantics of that. Developmental maps, uh, infinite maps that basically explain our experience. Humanity is arguably always been looking to explain its existence, its experience. And so we have all kinds of maps, everything from developmental psychology to the Enneagram to astrology to you name it. Here's a map that explains our experience. And they're useful and they're simply maps. But one of those maps around, we could call it developmental awareness, put forth by a, a Harvard professor, Robert Keegan, talking about different levels of awareness. And I think there are five actually, but I'm going to kind of skip over the, the first two because they're really sort of pre-adolescent. The vast majority of people are in what he calls a social identity or socialization. I have touched on that in the first episode without using that term saying the social identity, the provisional self. It really develops you know, coming into adolescence and it's frankly where most people stay their entire life. That I am what I am by comparison. These are, it's assembled from the beliefs and cultural attitudes and character strategies and everything that we've assembled in our early life. It's our persona. It's absolutely ego-based. And, and we all develop through this. Nobody gets to skip past this stage. The, the challenge is that most people stay in that stage. Like I call it the caterpillar self, <laughs> really the version one that hopefully we evolve out of, but most people do not. And there's a key word, this is not one of Keegan's words, but I'd say, I would say the key word for that social identity stage is victimhood. Here's the ego story. It's not my fault. It's because, and we could dot, 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 put all sorts of things in here. It's because whatever I'm the child of alcoholics, or I have this trauma, or I had this abuse, or I'm whatever, this subset of this culture, I'm a whatever, black trans individual in America, or it probably infinite list of why 
I'm not to blame. This, and so back to the role of our challenges, life showing us where we're not free again and again, like, why am I in this hole again? Why, why am I in this hole? Come back to the autobiography in five short chapters. There's a paradigm shift involved getting out of victimhood. I've said with numerous clients and friends over, over tea, isn't it mysterious or curious that we all start there, but some people manage to like switch on. They flip a switch and somehow, instead of being in victim mode about challenges, about life, they move to a more empowered stance. Okay, there's something here I need to learn. This isn't fun, but I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. I can change this. And that is, you could look at it as a hierarchical move to a higher level of awareness or just a, a wider circle, more encompassing circle of awareness, whatever feels most useful there. I can change this. And if I get the right, this is what I often say with clients sort of explaining this level. If I get the right tools, the right teacher, the right coach, the right program, the right diet, the right spiritual path, the, the, the right podcast, whatever it is, I can get information that allows me to change this, to fix this problem, essentially fix the problem of being me. Now, that's a much more empowered place than the social identity, victimhood, socialization. Here's why it's not my fault. Here's why I'm always in this place. Why, you know, life just has it out for me, et cetera, et cetera. You know, God is punishing me. We get infinite list of what those beliefs might be that essentially keep us in that limited place of suffering. And it, it is just a belief. But in that, Keegan calls it self-authoring. And he says, you know, like close to 60% of the population is probably in social identity and Hopefully only like 35% is in that self-authoring. Again, that's a way more empowered place to be. And I would say a key word for that, and this isn't Keegan's word, but thinking about that is that level is self-help. I can fix this problem. And whatever, find the gift in it. What, what do I need to learn here? There is... A level beyond that in Keegan's model, the, a very minute, like 1% of the population eventually moves on even beyond self-authoring to what he calls self-transforming. And I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but the recognition that I'm fully responsible for my situation, my life, my reality. And not necessarily in a manifesting or attracting or any sort of new agey way about that at all, but simply my perception. My perception determines everything. And essentially, what if everything, and this is not part of Keegan's model, but where we're going, as a self-transforming being, what if everything actually serves my awakening? The role of these challenges is to serve my awakening. That is a very empowered, enlightened mode of awareness. And we only get there through our own suffering, our own process of 
evolution and melting down and being stuck, I say again and again and again, no one gets to higher levels of awakening. And I'm, I'm not talking at all about something like enlightenment even. No one reaches higher levels of awakening without passing first through their own suffering. Maybe years of it. But back to the paradigm shift. It's that suffering. If we're not stuck in the victimhood, and maybe we're stuck there for years, you know, it's because I have trauma, it's because maybe we're stuck there for years. But at some point, maybe the suffering is enough. And this is often where people find me to end up doing work. The suffering drives them to something that helps them turn the key in the lock. Maybe they move into that self-authoring. Okay, what do I need to learn here? What needs to shift? This suffering and that golden key that it's my own thoughts creating this suffering. Wow, my own beliefs, whatever that is, expectations, attachments, et cetera, et cetera. They, you know, life is this way, but it doesn't work out that way for me. Well, what if that belief isn't true? It's simply a thought. That is certainly my own experience on the journey. Years of really expansive awareness. I, I jokingly just share both my parents were therapists. I grew up with two therapists in Southern California. I was doomed to any sort of a, a normal childhood or, or life. And a lifetime of therapy and and working on myself and self-transformation as the journey. And so really a very expansive awareness in that. And yet still stuck in my own ways. And even on the journey really to vibrant wellness and being and transforming my whole body and brain and getting clear and things that I touched on briefly in that first episode, just two years ago, going through a really difficult uphill passage climbing the mountain on my hands and knees is how it felt. I had to get somewhere. And that moment of epiphany and really being stuck in some key beliefs, largely around reward and suffering and effort. There's no reason to believe anything I think. There is no reason to believe anything I think. Even this belief that has guided my whole life in terms of purpose. And in that proverbial moment of awakening, wow, there's just this. There is just this moment. And when you drop the belief, when you drop the thought, when you drop the attachment to it, that is when you're free. Back to Keegan's model, I would say that certainly not everybody, even in that tiny 1% who's at self-transforming level are free. You're still dealing with paradigms and consensus reality, but they're closer. And if you discover that golden key, that my thoughts are creating my suffering to drive my awakening, that's another paradigm shift there sort of two in one, the golden key, my thoughts are creating my suffering. And what if, back to just, you know, the whole mysterious process of life earlier, I touched on that. What if there's the, what if there's this much bigger, mysterious, sacred gestation, we can take the word sacred out of it, just mysterious process with 
infinite variables I can't even begin to comprehend or imagine. And what if all of that somehow is conspiring to help me evolve? Here's another one of those sort of what if different languaging around challenges or suffering. What if everything is ultimately in your favor for your eventual benefit and awakening? That too, about two years ago, another difficult passage, <laughs> several difficult passages in the last couple of years. And this is after a lifetime of work and going through some stuff around work. And it was during the, the, the COVID passage and the COVID evolutionary passage, as I call it. And I place of really resistance and some bitterness and anger. And like, come on, life, come on, universe. All I do is say yes. And they hear this and, and this really paradigm shift that at first, I, I certainly didn't believe it at first, but I was willing to consider it. What if all this is actually in my favor? This challenge, this seemingly ridiculous, endless challenge that I don't seem to be able to get clear of no matter what, what if this is in my favor? What if everything is in my favor? And I had to sit with that for a couple of weeks and walk with that and, you know, meditate with that and just sort of open to the possibility. And this is definitely a paradigm shift for me. What if everything ultimately is in my favor? and serves my eventual benefit and awakening. Evolution, whether we're looking at the emergence of the universe or life on earth or societies and culture, our personal journey, evolution never happens in the status quo. That's just a truism. Evolution happens at the fringes. Evolution happens where life has been destabilized. And a novel, hitherto unseen, unknown response, adaptation, has to occur. That is our challenges. That is our suffering. Something new emerges out of that. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just evolve in the status quo, sitting in our sunny meadow on the mountainside or strolling the beach? That is not where we evolve. Challenges are often our greatest teachers. This journey of personal evolution, if we say yes to it, can ultimately lead us to freedom. But only first, through our struggles and challenges, being broken open perhaps again and again and again, life will continually show us where we're not free. And just as a what if consideration, and what if it's doing that to help us become free? The last piece, golden key, one last golden key for you in today's episode. The only place you can ever be free is the present moment. Just this. When you drop it, drop the thought, drop the belief, drop the attachment, the resistance breath, just this. Thank you for joining me for this second episode of Radical Being. A few radical thoughts there for you. 
got to get radical if you're going to shift the dominant paradigm. You have to be radical if you're going to rewrite your reality. This show is available, the, the podcast in general, in a video format as well as audio. The video format, if you would prefer to watch this episode, any of the episodes, is hosted on the site's website, radicalbeingpodcast.com. The audio version, of course, and you can follow that on Apple Podcasts. And I extended the, the invitation last time, share it with your friends and network and write a review, possibly all of which helps this show find its wings. Thank you for your time, for tuning in, and for just considering some big what ifs. As I say, when we open to possibility, possibility opens. Be radical.